have a drink of water to start the podcast today. Hydration is important. Yeah, we wouldn't want to have any mouth clicks. No. <laughs> you know what? I get really paranoid about mouth clicks in my recordings. Um, I I don't know why I'm starting in this sort of laid back, quiet tone. I think it's just because I've just been doing a video on Yoshi's Crafted World, which makes you kind of just chill out a bit. Yeah, I'm 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 kind of into this chill start because it's a nice thing, today video games made me want to like never play video games again. So like yeah, the chill's good. I need to I need to need to be in a chill space. We'll talk about that. No worries. <laughs> Sounds like we all had frustrating video game experiences this week. Maybe maybe. Um, so yeah, we'll do the calm before the shitstorm, really. Um, but yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I get very, uh, I call it juiciness. Mm. If I hear a click or a squelch in the voice recording when I'm doing the gymquisition, um, I get very angry and I say, you juicy mouthed fuck. <laughs> and uh, either re-record it or, or I painstakingly go through and edit out any tiny little thing. Um, it's sometimes, I think, why the videos don't flow as well as they should, because I'm concerned about something that isn't as big of a problem, but to me, is the world. So my recordings take longer than they should. There's unfortunately no... Um, at least I've never found a reliable way to avoid it, other than just speaking louder and away from the microphone. Well, see, the, the problem is, is we have human mouths that are prone to the, the, the issue of... Oops, they're meat, meat yeah. filled with fluid that are blowing air around. It's not a precise science. We're going <laughs> to make some we're gonna make some wet meat sounds. The only real way you're not going to hear that shit is if we do really shitty, bad quality recordings. Yeah. So long as we have... I don't know why I'm, I'm insistent on describing them this way at this moment. But yeah, as long as we got like wet meat mouths. I love like, that. It, it wet happen. meat mouth. <laughs> Wet meat oh. mouth. Just slap slap a Brazzers logo over that right there, and there's our title. Oh, yeah, wet yeah, meat, yeah, yeah. Wet I, meat I'll, I'll watch mouth. that new wet meat mouth video. <laughs> we we could form a tribute band for Smash Mouth. We call ourselves Wet Meat Mouth. Well, three minutes three minutes in, and we have our title anyway. Absolutely. The gimmick is we we all sing All Star, but with the microphone really close to our mouths. It's just hey now, you're an All Star. Like that. People will love it. They'll fucking love it. Hey now, you're a meat mouth. <laughs> Welcome to Podquisition, anyway. Um, I'm Jim Sterling. I'm joined by Laura Kate Dale. Hello, Laura. How are you? Um, I'm all right. I've had a pretty good week. All right. It's, it's been pretty chill. Pretty chill for the most part. We'll talk about the less chill thing after I've introduced Gavin. Hello, <laughs> Gavin. Done miracle of sound musician maestro extraordinaire. Hi. Hello. How have you been this week then, me old mugger? I also had a good week. I went to meet the uh, humanist celebrant who's going to be doing my wedding. Mm -hmm. And uh, I uh, that was lovely. And we had a nice time and she was lovely. And then my YouTube channel had its best month in March since like 2016, so that was nice. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All good things. All good things. That goddamn ludicrous Devil May Cry song. It's 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 always <laughs> the ludicrous songs. <laughs> it is. I've I've noticed that. It's you pour your heart out in some of that music, yeah. and then it's the stupid one you've done about kicking yeah. a door that gets the the attention. Which I completely like. I completely get it. There's a reason Shiny Happy People is still R.E.M.'s biggest hit, you know? Well, I've said for many years, I've said this before probably on this show, I'll say it again, nothing you do will ever be more popular than that time someone sellotaped a bit of bacon to a cat. 
Low effort, yeah. stupid, and yet somehow entrancing. It's it's the thing I remember like for um for Griffin McElroy for a while, like no one talked about any of his actual work. It's that time he ate a banana a bit funny at E3. Uh, yeah, yeah. He bit through the skin, he just sort of <laughs> did a munch. Like yesterday I got someone to put a sovereign from Mass Effect One, his speech over the Amazon blimp, and that was like an Instagram post that people just absolutely loved and it was just so funny because you just <laughs> That's just, it's just the way things are. We love those silly things. That's it. You can never be sure what will take hold on the internet. And yeah. I've fallen into this trap that I've accused, rightly accused game companies of doing, and it applies to me, where, you know, I've had a go at games like Battlefield, Medal of Honor, trying to be Call of Duty, and I often say, if you try and go for the thing, you'll never get the thing. And every now and then I'll do a video or something where I'm like, oh, this will take off. This will fucking take off. And it doesn't. It's the thing... I didn't expect at all Yeah, that I threw up that was like, mm, you know, this might interest a few people. And then suddenly that is something that people end up talking about a lot. Mm. Uh, you never can tell. You've, uh, you just got to try and you just got to do your best. How about that? How about that's that? A, that's life, really. Do everything you can. Don't you worry about the baby, huh? <laughs> just take some time, little girl. You're in the middle of the rap. I can't even remember the words. It's been so long since I heard that song. Everything, everything will be all right. Don't worry. The, the guitar is in the other room today. so. <laughs> you say don't worry as if we've ever been upset by the presence of the guitar. <laughs> I must go back and listen to them. I told a large group of Mississippi residents that I was going to replace God. <laughs> Oh, that Jesus. is a hell of a week. It was a, <laughs> it, it was a heady gambit. I won't lie. That is that is some Bruno Bruno doing gay kissing in the MMA ring, risky stuff there. Oh, I haven't gotten I haven't gotten round to the gay kissing yet, but but we'll get there, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I I went out uh, this week's uh, pro wrestling ego show. Uh, I went out to address the crowd, gave them a long spiel about you know how better their life would be if they gave up their flimsy beliefs and put their faith in me. Uh, and then I said, when I die leaving the world a better place than I found it, I'll march on heaven, kick the gates open, tear your God down from his throne and take my rightful place at the head oh, of the oh divine my. table. <laughs> <laughs> Jim. Jesus oh, Jim. I love Christ. you, Jim. Jim, you're, oh. you're, you're wonderful. Oh. Yeah, oh. you have got balls the size of fucking cannonballs. <laughs> <laughs> I do. It's a real medical issue. <laughs> I imagine it makes the, the wrestling very difficult. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you've got to be careful when you bump in because you don't want to basically fall on yourself. Um, but anyway, that was that was a very fun night. That night, oh. um, I really riled them out. It, it sounds like it. And, and not just for that, they weren't having any of my shenanigans. It was brilliant. <laughs> Um, they they told me I couldn't talk after my big after I did my big speech. Outcomes general manager Chuck McMullen, hack fraud that he is, and said that he'd take my fucking Teddy take my tag titles off us if I spoke during the following match. So I I held up a text to speech to the microphone <laughs> complaining about censorship. <laughs> it was a great night, and there, there'll be video of that, I'm sure, on the internet soon. I can't believe they're, they're censoring your free speech. Exactly. Uh, I wish I'd had half as creative of a weekend as it sounds like you had. It was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. But to, 
Remember, all of this is sandwiched by me still watching awful B-movies to ruin my day. I watched Evil Bong. Evil Bong? Most people just eat, most people just see the title or the DVD cover and leave it at that. They're like, I know what kind of film that is. I had to go into it and see it. It's so bad. We need to talk about these deep-seated self-worth issues you have that every time you do something great, you have to go and punish yourself. <laughs> you joke, but, but I think that is how I operate. Uh, not just with B-movies, just in general. Something good happens, and the self-destructiveness in me has to ruin it. But lately, that's been as healthy as it can because I'm just making use of a Full Moon Studio subscription that I never should have gotten. <laughs> I found years of therapy helped with that self-destructive uh, thing. Yeah. It's like it's like there's two stages to it. There's the everything's going great. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's all going to go wrong. Something terrible is going to happen. I better get in there and fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that it so that it doesn't happen somewhere else, because at least then I can mm-hmm. control the whole fuck up. Yeah. You know, they say... They actually say that people who had extremely uh, stressful, traumatic childhoods, that um, you actually, as an adult, it can be fixed gradually, but as an adult, your your brain actually gets stressed out when it's not in constant drama and turmoil. Yeah, no, that, that sounds totally right to me. Uh, as someone who does the whole, oh no, I have five minutes to stop. Oh no. Oh no, what, what, why am I stressed at, at, at calm and quiet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can empathise with that. <laughs> you ever have a thought to yourself that feels like it should have come from someone else? It's so piercing. Yeah. I had that thought on this subject a few months ago where I just sat and thought to myself, life doesn't make sense to me when I haven't got something to fear. Yeah. yeah. And then I just felt like I'd slapped my own brain in its brain face. That That is very much over... I don't know if overcomable is a word, but... <laughs> I know exactly what you mean by it, so it works like a word. It's a thing you can be aware of and work on, but also... Yeah. There, there, will, always be, there will always be that bit of my brain that goes, but you're not working right now. Everything's going to go wrong. Find something to be scared of. Yeah. Even if you are working. Yeah. Well, there's that too, but there's also that you, you, you found five minutes, but you didn't work. Yeah. We fucked up. And then you can just, that, that moment after when you're just like focusing on the bat, like, seriously, I'm like, I wish I could enjoy that this new song's doing well, but all I can do is feel a deep sadness about something I didn't do very well in the mix. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every week for me. And I, like, I didn't mix the bass properly or whatever. And I'm just like, not one person out of the fucking 400,000 going on who've listened to it have noticed this. And I'm still like, yeah, but it sucks. My my <laughs> memoir went, uh, started printing like in the last few days. And I spent that entire day not getting excited about that, but going, yeah, but I've really been a bit slow to start on book three though, haven't I? You know, I really should have started it by now. Wait till the memoir comes out and somebody points out one tiny, small, little detail about it that's like like one spelling mistake on yeah. page 74. It's going to happen and I'm going to hate myself, but you know, it's great. I can have like some of the most successful popular videos ever. Like one of the big famous video about digital homicide, the lawsuit um, that I did, the big mm. retrospective on being sued. I got one word wrong in that video. Wow. I I have never watched that video again. 
and no. I never will. I will never go back and look. Sometimes I go back. I don't go back and look at back at a lot of my work, but every now and then it's valuable to see where you were and where you are now mm. and, and try and remember some things you did that work that you forgot and be confirmed that there are some things you shouldn't bring back because they didn't yeah. work. I can't do that one because there's one, because it was such an important video for me to do for myself. Mm. The fact I messed one thing up where I'm, I, I get over it with a lot of other videos, but that one, it stings and it's one word wrong. I had, I've had some like, for, the, for that memoir that's happening, I had some early reviews and like, I think out of like 30 plus reviews, we, we, we were averaging like eight out of 10 was our, like our average on score, which is like, that feels really good. That's really good for a first book. I'm very happy with that. Yeah. But there's one review in there somewhere in this list of early reviews that was someone who gave it one star and was like, um, like literally unreadable garbage. Can't Ooh. understand it. The structure's terrible. This is unreadable. Don't know how anyone could like understand what was being said. And I'm like, oh, like everyone else disagrees with you, but oh no. Oh no, you're the one that's in my head. It's, that's the one That's the one you focus on, yeah. You know what's great to do when you're getting a shit comment like that is go onto a piece of art on YouTube, like a music video that you know is objectively amazing and you're guaranteed to see some absolute plonker in the comments completely misinterpreting that piece of art and making stupid comments about it. And it, it will just remind you that like... It's it's okay. Everyone, no matter how good, gets this. Yeah. You know, <laughs> every video has at least one dislike. Yeah, that's something I try and remember as well. I have a video that doesn't have any dislikes, but I'm not going to tell <laughs> what it is because <laughs> someone's going to go right out there and slap one on it. <laughs> yeah, instantly. Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I get very good ratios unless I say the word politics in the title of a video. Let's hope you you never do that again, Jim. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you what. Let's hope you definitely don't do that again in the near future. <laughs> Defi definitely, not a, definitely not a thing that you hinted at either of me or Gav. No, 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 no. No, no, no I, never, I never said I'd do... I, I, I think I told you I will never say the word politics again. Oh, yeah, you told us, like, you told us an episode title that you're definitely never going to make. Yeah, I'm definitely... I will never, for the rest of my career, say the word politics, starting now. I will definitely never say politics again. Um, just, re just regarding the little mistakes, I think it's worth remembering as well that the internet generation are growing up in a very different uh, era of, of creative, thing, uh, creative stuff than we were. And when we would see a mistake in a subtitle on TV or something, that would be a big deal. But I think because of the nature of so... So much of the creative stuff that kids nowadays watch is done by independent people who are making stuff in their bedrooms and whatever. I think a lot more mistakes and things slip through the cracks, things like typos and errors. And so I think they're more used to it. I don't think they're as bothered by it. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth to that because I, um, I watch YouTube almost as much as I watch traditional television stuff now. Um, I'm a big viewer of, of ContraPoints and H Bomber Guy. Uh, I started watching some um, Folding Ideas videos recently. Oh my God, his his video about Transformers. Oh Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a I love the Transformers film, and I loved how because <clears throat> he compared it to Game of Thrones as well, which I liked. They really red weddinged the Transformers in that movie. Oh God, the Battle of Autobot City is incredible. Yeah, it, it's. It, for a film that is, on the whole, shit. Yeah. 
As a social cultural moment, that movie was really significant because I don't think they had any idea how traumatized they had made millions of kids. No, yeah, <laughs> you know? they they really didn't grasp it. They were just flogging toys. They didn't. They it, it's like what we said about the thing you don't expect to take off. They yeah. thought they were just selling toys, and they didn't realize they were informing an entire generation's culture about, about death. <laughs> you about <know>? death, yeah. <laughs> About look, look what's going to happen to you. You're going to go all grey. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, the the point is, is you know, I've, I watch a lot of those videos, and and it, all of them make some mistakes here and there, but I I'm okay with that, and and I've gotten used to it, and and you know, you it doesn't mean you should be lazy. Um, no, if you exactly. if you've littered a video with mistakes, that'd be another thing. But a misspeak, a misspeak here and there. If you've accidentally said the wrong day on something, but it's it's not that crucial to the video, we gloss past it. Can I just say this? This has been an amazing fifteen minute diversion from our starting point of we all feel really good this week. <laughs> <laughs> we always find something to bitch about, don't we? <laughs> we do, but I I still feel good. This is still a nice conversation for yeah. me. Yeah. It's catharsis. Yeah. Yeah, we're jovially talking about our own weird brains. This podcast is all of our collective colostomy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this it's is, a bag is... of shit and piss. This, this is the video game show that we're like, oh, should we talk about video games? Nope, we've got to have our 15-minute thre- friends therapy chat first. Yep. It's just one, one big catheter, and we all just shit and piss into our microphones. <laughs> and you guys stuff. listen to it for some bizarre reason. <laughs> For <laughs> some reason, you like shoveling willfully swill into your ear. Um, anyway, you're very, very welcome to it. I like this discussion. This is nice yeah. today. This has been a nice way to warm up. Yeah. Laura, tell us about the terrible thing that happened oh, to you. Yeah. Oh, the <laughs> Pokemon making me never want to fucking play Pokemon ever again. So, <laughs> on on the Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, uh, I've been a little bit into that game, as, as you may have heard if you are, follow my Twitter or... To listen to this show just a little bit you got you got a couple of shinies yeah i've been doing my my ludicrous quest to go get every single shiny i'm up to like i think i've got only 35 left and that includes the alolan ones which i previously hadn't accounted for so like i am Jesus. getting there uh the problem is um this is all random number generation for getting these shiny things like there, there's stuff you can do to raise your rods but you can never guarantee you're going to force a shiny to happen. I've been trying to find a shiny matchup this week for about six hours. Um, usually it's much faster than that to find one. I found about 15 shinies on the way that were all things I already had, and I couldn't go and catch these duplicates without ruining my, my chain that was going to make all the shinies appear, so I had to just watch a shiny that wasn't the one I wanted appear and disappear, and that was its whole, whole own thing. But I'm like six hours in, I'm like, fuck it, I've run out of resources, I've got no no balls left for catching, no lures left for making the shinies happen. I'm just going to do one quick run to the in-game shop to go get more resources. Like, it'll take me like a second. And I run to leave this cave I'm in, and as I've already started the animation to leave the cave, there's no backing out of it, I just see this sort of green sparkly thing up here and I'm like, oh no, that's the shiny matchup. Oh no, oh no. And I run back in the cave and it's despawned because I left the area. And I'm like, I'm 350 hours into this fucking game and that's just the time that's on the in-game clock, not counting all my fucking soft resets. Oh, that, mm, that one got me. 
that one got me. I mean, I'd have stopped long before. I have stopped long before then, but uh, <laughs> that that would have sealed the deal. If I somehow could have gotten myself there without losing my temper, I would not pick that game up again. I, I salute you for still soldiering on. <laughs> oh, there, there was a couple of hours this afternoon where I just closed the game and was like, no, <laughs> just no. Um, oh, yeah, because this is the problem. I'm getting to the point now where more often than not, if a shiny shows up, it's probably one I already have. I have, like, 80% of all shinies in the game, and uh, I think it's closer to 90, like, the low 90s percent if we're just talking, like, not the Alolans. I am getting ludicrously close to finishing this now, and it's now just a frustrating wander around of... I'm nearly there. I'm nearly there. <laughs> nope. And I've al I've already used up all the people that found shinies when they were like, you know, playing like an average person, where they're like, oh yeah, I found one shiny because I was very lucky in my playthrough. I've tra I've I've got all them through the trades already. There's no one left to trade yeah. me shinies. Yeah. As time goes on, it gets tougher because only the more dedicated people are playing, and they probably yeah. do not have shinies they want to give up so much. That's it. Is anyone who is still playing at this point and has shinies probably wants to keep them. I've got spare shinies I can offer people. If someone's got one, I'm like, I'll, I'll give you a shiny That's for the best it, you can but... hope for, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But the the inbuilt random trading doesn't help that at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a look at my fucking like, list now. There's a few of the Alolans I still need to get, and that's... I'll do that at the end. That's just like button mash, trade a bunch of stuff over and over. That's easy. That I don't have to worry about too much. I've got to get my, my matchup, matchup, matchamps. That's three. Got to get slow broken, slow, uh, slow poke and slow bro. Uh, what else do I need? A far fetched, shelter and cloister. I'm so close to the end of this. Krabby, Kingler. That's ten. Hitmonlee, Hitmonchan, Weezing. Thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. I'm literally down to the last 20 on, Blimey. like, not n on stuff that isn't a Lolan. The basic standard ones. Yeah, yeah. it's it's literally, That's like, 20, 20 left to go, and it's it's very close now. Well, there we go. And I'm somehow, I don't know how I've not burnt out on this yet. I, I stopped do doing my shiny hunt for a couple of months over Christmas, and since I got back in, I'm just like, oh, you've hooked me again. Just when you thought you were out. Yeah, I'm going to finish this one day. Lovely. Speaking of finishing things... Yes? I believe Gavin has gotten to the end of Sekiro. <gasps> yeah. Well, you're a better game player than I, Gav. <laughs> I am still a long way from finishing. I'm truly not, Laura. I'm just stubborn, you know? And I, I've got to say, this is the first From game I've finished and didn't feel satisfied with finishing or anything. And I just... This whole easy difficulty conversation is done to death, so we don't need to get into that again. All I'm going to say is, from my perspective, having gotten good <laughs> uh, and still finishing the game, I would have enjoyed this game so much more on a lower difficulty. That's all I'm saying. I'm not saying they should. I'm not saying they have to. I'm not saying they're obliged to because it's their art. You can only speak of your experience and, yeah. and what would impact it, yeah. That was honestly the exact same feeling I had about Cuphead when I finished it, was yeah. I did it, I got good, I, I completed it. I would have enjoyed that game a lot more had there been an easy mode. I'm not saying they should have put one in or demanding they do it, yeah. but I'd have... I'd have enjoyed that game more if it was easier. It's just that the one of the arguments I hear against it so often is that, well, the whole point is the challenge and overcoming it. And people just don't get that that challenge is harder for other people than it for them. Yeah. 
Yeah, they, they, it's so hard to fucking communicate to them that if you need an easy mode, that will probably still challenge those people. Yeah. When I was a kid, I could not finish like World 3 in Mario Brothers. All of my friends would come over and like fly through it. My brothers were able to do it. It did not matter how many times I tried, how many times I practiced. I just couldn't do it. And that is just because I have a lower ability. When people ask for an easy mode, they're not asking to make the game so easy that they no longer have any challenge. They're saying, hey, can you give me a mode where it's a level of challenge that is fun for me, as opposed to that higher level of challenge that is fun for someone else? If anything, what's being asked for with that kind of easy mode is to have the exact same relative experience as someone who is good at it. Yeah. Exactly. You're, you're asking to say, like, here is my baseline level of skill. Challenge me from this baseline. Yeah. I, do, I always liken it to um, to instruments. I've played guitar for, like, nearly 20 years, and I still can't do shred solos because I, I don't have the dexterity and the reflexes, <gasps> you know? Oh, oh, shit. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I found a shiny that I don't have. <laughs> While oh, we're recording. <laughs> I, I did it during the middle of the fucking recording. I wow. found, a, found a shiny... It wasn't the matchup I was after. It's a fucking shiny Hitmonlee. Oh, fucking grab that sucker. Yeah, I, I hope it doesn't fucking run away. Okay, continue your story. About Sekiro, anyway. As as much as I re... And I don't want to give the impression I didn't like this game because I really, really liked it. I mean, it's got so much stuff in it that a From game always has that's great, like the exploration... And some of the locations, like there's a location towards the end that's probably the most gorgeous area they've ever made. And weirdly enough, one of the easiest levels in the game with like a really easy boss at the end. And that was the most fun. That two hours was the most fun I had in the whole game because like they gave me a relatively simple area that was gorgeous and had an easy boss at the end. And uh, I don't know, I was, I just felt with this, like with Dark Souls and with Bloodborne, you make your progress and yeah, you hit brick walls sometimes, but it's maybe two or three times per per game. In this, it felt like I would hit a brick wall, go for five minutes, hit another brick wall, and this would just keep repeating over and over. And, and for me, that just wasn't fun. And I totally understand that that's fun for some people. Yeah. It was the difference between Dark Souls instilling in me a sense of energized nervousness, yeah. an excitable anticipation, and, and Sekiro just filling me with dread. Yeah. That's it. That's it. I didn't. F- when I beat bosses in this game, I didn't feel that happy uh, moment. I just felt, fuck. Thank God that's over and yay, another one in five minutes, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But I did it. I got to the fucking end and the last boss is absolutely fucking ridiculous and it's the worst fucking fight they've ever put in a game. (laughs) It's like four, four stages. Ah, fuck that. Fuck that. And it's two bosses, one after the other, and you don't get a checkpoint when you kill the first one. It's fucking ridiculous. And I will, I will sadly never play this game again. Even though I loved it, it is just it, it drove me insane. You know, it made me so angry and frustrated. I haven't been that angry at a game since my fucking since I quit multiplayer Call of Duty stuff. You know, mm-hmm. and I don't want to feel like that. <laughs> Everything you say is just giving me Cuphead flashbacks. This yeah. is, yeah, I I intend to finish Sekiro, but. 
I, I'm having a slow time, and why, why, you know, why would I rush to beat Sekiro when I could be doing another equally, you know, laborious, challenging task in a video game and just keep finding my Pokemon? I think Danny, Danny O'Dwyer summed it up pretty well, and this was something I, I had exactly done myself as well. He's like, you know, things are pretty fucked up when you're playing Bloodborne as a relaxing alternative. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, Sekiro uh, does make me want to sort of chill out with some Bloodborne. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I caught my, my shiny my shiny Hitmonlee. I did it. Very good. Very good. Live shiny action, only on the Pogquisition. <laughs> there you go. You, you heard the excitement that happens when I find an arbitrarily different coloured thing. <laughs> uh, um, I did go back to Sekiro after last week's Pogquisition. Like I said, I would. Um practiced with the the undying fella at the temple so I could uh, really nail finally sort of really get to grips with with the posture system and and parrying and all of this yeah. and confirmed that the game just ain't for me yeah. that maybe if if they'd have made it what it seems like it was going to be like a, a more thoroughbred stealth game rather than add the dueling system because I just don't do fighting games I, I didn't get on with revengeance it's not my cup of tea parrying is like I said in my impressions, which I, I put up in the interim. You know, dodging, I roll that. Shields, I block that. Parrying, it's not my, it's not my cup of tea. Even with the more forgiving thing. Everything in this game, between the bosses and mini bosses, in those other moments, I absolutely loved. I, I, I loved the stealth. I loved the the architecture and the huge castles and stuff. And the moment-to-moment -moment combat was fine, except for the purple ninjas. Fuck those. <laughs> Fuck yeah. them. It's like every, every time I was on the cusp of thinking, I'm in this groove, yeah. something would disrupt the groove. And and then I concluded, if I keep playing this, it's going to go from a, a casual acceptance that it ain't for me to pure resentment. Yeah. And over the past few years, I've I've learned to walk away, just walk away, when I when I feel resentment coming. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I these past few years, I've learned to just put away things that are not going to end well Yeah. because of the style of play, not because the game's bad, but simply because I recognise if I keep playing this, I'll hate it and it won't be fair on the game. Yeah, exactly. Life is too short to play things that you're not enjoying. Yeah, yeah. There's too many good video games out there. Yeah, I said in the video, like, getting good is half the issue. You've got to have fun getting good. Dark mm. Souls, Bloodborne, I have fun getting good. The yeah. process of getting good is fun. I was getting better at Sekiro. Um, the Jim Pressions video, I'm doing okay. Not great, but I'm, I'm getting through. And, and it was much better than my first attempt at those areas i was getting better each time but i was not the fun wasn't going up with the improvement mm -hmm. so at that point you know it's people write people are so reductive when they yell get good because it it really doesn't take into account the fact that getting good itself has to be an enjoyable thing people think they sound like tough and cool when they yell that and they sound so stupid mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i, and I get i told like now it's it's obvious that a lot of the time it's just a joke. They're just kind of making fun of the culture around it. And, and uh, but like most jokes on the internet, people have taken the fun and humor out of it. Yeah, exactly. And left only the 
the the surface level sentiment to cling on to. Well, that's the thing, because when so, when you say something like that and someone responds with "get good lol," you don't know whether to block this fucker or not because they could just yeah, be, I just don't know. If they could just be having a laugh with you, or they could be being a complete fuck. You know, yeah, and I've, I've got no time for get gooders anymore. Like that. Yeah, I don't. Their shtick is old. I mute. If you say if you say shit like get good to me, I, I'll instantly mute you. Or if it's a bad day, I'll just block you. You know. It's it, and and honestly, I think, I think ultimately, it's so disrespectful to From Software to boil down everything they've worked hard on to make those games as special as they are. Yeah. To get good to. The game is hard, and that's the only thing that makes it good. And I've I've argued against that for years. I find it sickeningly reductive and insulting to the games. There's so much more than being hard. That's also an extremely narrow-minded view people seem to have in that, like, that's what makes these games good. I'm like, okay, I maybe that's what From feels and what you feel, but... It's always been my least favourite part of them. It, it it also sort of implies that games can't be good if they're not difficult, which, like, as a game that I have been playing recently and Jim played this week, attests, totally not the case. You can have a game that is easy, still be really fun. Yeah. If games, if games were only good when they were hard, Animal Crossing would be the shittest game in the world. People love Animal Crossing. And I like I do I do get the perspective that people want hard games because there aren't that many of them anymore. And I totally understand that. I'm just uh I do think though it's very reductive not to be able to see it from another person's uh point of view. Yeah. It's completely self involved, yeah. I'm telling I said this on Twitter. I played this game for more than fifty hours. Fifty fucking hours, and I still couldn't get the timings oh. on whether to jump or do the Makiri. It was just too fast for my brain to react to, no matter how much I did it. No matter what you do with a video game, there will be someone who tells you that they play it in more of a real way than you do. Like, uh, I I have had people telling me while I'm doing this shiny hunt in, in Pokemon, people going like, mm, yeah, but you're accepting trades from people and, you know... Trades could be from oh, hacked people and there's no way to prove hell. that they're not. So for all you know, you might be, you know, just cheating with hacks. Like, there will always be someone who tells you, no, 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 you're not you're not dedicated enough to this game, no matter how into it you are. I took a gang of three into Father Gascoigne last night, so eat that. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I remember when I, I've... I've talked about smash and i've shown footage of me playing smash and we i normally just i don't care about the settings and stuff and someone was like who plays smash with a timer i'm like i just did there yeah, me i had fun playing it yeah <laughs> so i don't give a fuck they wouldn't put it in if it if it wasn't intended to be used you know to be used by someone and you get the, the purists who are like well Smash isn't smash if it's got the items in it because that that reduces the skill level needed. And I'm like, the best thing about Smash is it's variety. You can play it at top level league play and you can just fuck around with a big hammer with your friends. That's exactly it. That that that, that is why Smash is great, is that it has both competitive and silly scope within it. Both are fun parts of what that game offers. Yeah, I mean Years ago, people had a, a pop at um, Roger Ebert, and I did as well back then. Um, I probably care a bit l less now that the game industry has 
steadily tried to suck as much art out of what it does as possible in the big budget mainstream space. But, you know, when he had his whole games aren't art and he gave a reductive version of what art was, these people who boil down games to it can only be played this way, you know, different than Roger Ebert saying games aren't art because you score points in it. If you're saying this game isn't right because you don't use features that are in it or it's hard and that's what makes a game good so there are many things that's why art is so good yeah. because it's subjective that might be what makes the game good for you but it's not what makes them good for me you know yeah and and and, and just so we're clear because i know someone's gonna go fucking listen to this and post on some forum somewhere nicholas sound thinks from should do i don't think from should do anything that they don't want to do yeah like they should make their art the way they want to make it all I'm saying is I would have been very happy if there was an easier mode in this game. Because uh, yeah. I did not enjoy it as much as their other games. Those people aren't fucking listening anyway. I posted my impressions of Sekiro and said in the, in the title that yeah. I didn't like it and that's okay. In the video, I very rarely mention difficulty. Yeah, I talk I about play that. style. Yeah. And, and yet, not 20 seconds after the video went up, oh, Jim, Jim can't play the game and he's complaining because he's bad at games. I'm like, I never mentioned that. I never fucking mentioned that. You also never denied that you were bad at games. You know, yeah, I never denied that. Is that. The, that's the fucking point we're trying to make here. You know, and, But any of these people think if you're bad at games, you shouldn't be allowed to enjoy any of them. But um, that's a different topic I don't want to get into. Put it on, um, there's, what is it? It's like normal mode, easy mode, and game journalist mode. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I, I, people are so obsessed with difficulty in games, they think that's the only reason you couldn't like something. Yeah. And so a lot of people dismissed my criticisms or at least you know my description of the way i play uh, way i play games and and why uh sekiro is antithetical to that they ignored all of that and boiled it down to yet again another get good situation which is just so yeah boring i'll flat out admit like it was the one thing that stopped me enjoying the game was the difficulty and it's not even that it's it was hard because hard is okay sometimes it was that it requires intense prolonged periods of really intense concentration and reaction that I just can't manage <laughs> without without yeah. having a nervous breakdown. And that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. And if there were an easy mode, I don't people talk about the integrity of the experience, they won't have the same experience. It don't matter. Because you're having your experience, friend. Yeah. Let them have a different one. It don't. It doesn't affect you. Hey, here's the thing. If if an easy mode in that game makes it so it's basically two completely different games, great. That's that's two games now instead of one. Like that's that's a that's a game that you like and a game that someone else likes. That's two games without having to make another game. That's great. That's more bang for your buck. Exactly. That's, that's value right there, folks. Uh, I don't know. I just I. I've yeah. been I've been hemming and hawing as to whether I want to make this Monday's episode about difficulty again. Like I'd, I've done that, I've tried that a few times over the years. It's never ended up well for me because people don't fucking watch it. They assume what's in it and they they do what they've been doing with you, Gav. Oh, he said they've got to have an easy mode. He's demanding an easy mode. When when I I more or less always just say that it wouldn't hurt me if there's an easy mode. Or that I would have liked this. Yeah, some people would would enjoy something more if it were easier for them and, and they had an option. It's very much not the same as they should have done this. Yeah. Yeah. We we most of us in 
in the community for what it is, the fractured hellscape that is the gaming community, right? More or less, the vast majority of us agreed Celeste was a brilliant game. Yeah. And that has some of the most adaptable difficulty adjustments you can make. And it's not ruined the game for anyone. Yeah, no one... one had less of a very difficult experience because for people who wanted it, there was the option to slow things down so that they could get through it. Just to give yourself a little edge. Yeah. And and there are many ways you can do that with those difficulty settings. Not every game can handle difficulty settings that nuanced, but... I wonder if perhaps because part of the fact that that game is a game about feelings and a game with a female protagonist, and I wonder if that maybe skews the audience slightly so there's a little less of the... Uh, get good, eat, you ruined my game by putting difficulty things in it. I, I wonder if that's a factor, because... Mm. That's a strange one, because, like, the, I, the, the conversation around this game has been so toxic in, in, the, in the eye, at least, of the public and the articles that, about it and stuff. Yeah. But it's just weird, because usually when a new From game comes out, the, the whole community aspect is such a big, fun part of it. And like the whole like multiplayer and giving each other tips. And I've never seen a community as welcoming and fun and uh, and kind of that loves to share stuff as the FromSoft community. And I think it's a pity that I'm not blaming anyone for this on any side of the issue, but it's just a pity that the conversation about this game seems to have become so toxic because usually... Usually that that's the part I look forward to the most about From Games is the whole community aspect of it. Yeah. Things like fashion souls and shit yeah. like that. Some of my favorite just the community coming together and sharing weird things, interesting things, helping each other, like you say, like learn about the intricacies of the game and how to get better. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a shame that pretty much every level of any discourse ever now lately just seems to have poison in it. It doesn't mean that the entire community is poisonous, but the community has on some level been poisoned. Mm. There is... There's some very loud voices. Yeah, there is sickness coursing through it somewhere. And that's not just Dark Souls. That is every fucking community now. Yeah, and and I have to say, I I uh, everyone's entitled to their opinion, but I, I personally think... Uh, like that article that said it's insulting to the players not to have an easy mode. I didn't agree with that. You know, I don't think it's insulting or disrespectful. No, that was coming down on the side of demanding. Yeah. 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 But again, like, that's that's an individual article. I don't think that is the, the overwhelming sentiment when people talk about di- difficulty modes. The problem with that, then, is it gets twisted into game journalists demand an easy mode. Well, that's... Like, no one ever says this person with this name who is an individual by themselves says. And that and that also then becomes if if we're having a conversation like we're having where we're saying we'd like this, that then gets turned into they're demanding this. Yeah. Yeah. That said, I even though I strongly disagree with with the sentiment um, of, you know, it's disrespectful or what have you. Um, I'm not going to blame that article for making this well poisonous because, as I said, years ago I did a video saying, and all I said was, it wouldn't hurt me to have a difficulty mode in Dark Souls. It wouldn't bother me. And that got translated years ago into Jim Sterling demands. He demands an easy mode, just like that video I did where I said The Division 2 has politics in it. That got turned into 
he's forcing his left-wing beliefs into video games. When when all I said about Cuphead was that game's difficulty is sometimes just a bit arbitrary to be tough. It's not always in service of making it more fun. Yeah. And that became no terrible games journalist can't complete video game. There was a guy on Twitter who who suffers from um, some form of motor disease. I'm sorry, I can't remember what it was. And he was saying that's stuff like that is part of the reason they make modes in their games because people like him whose hands... I, I can't exactly remember what it was he yeah. said, but his hands can't handle certain repeated movements and stuff. It, and if it had an easier mode, he would have been able to play it. Yeah. And I, I just think that's interesting, seeing as the game is literally about a man with a disability who gets given tools to make combat easier for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. I, I, have a, I have a thing called dyspraxia. It's a coordination issue. I often struggle to make my, my fingers be where they're supposed to be. Like... Sometimes my body just don't do what it's supposed to. I occasionally appreciate being able to give myself a slightly bigger window to react to things. Yeah. And for me, it uh, it's mental. Like I think like the way I am, like constantly fucking anxious and on edge, I either move too fast or not enough. I overcompensate. It's why I don't use sniper rifles in games. I overcompensate because I second I will second guess myself Roughly 30 times a millisecond. <laughs> so I make so many adjustments, I don't get I don't get a shot. You must hate the executioners in Bloodborne with their big, like, delayed axe attacks. <laughs> Anything. Like, Summer Sekiro had that to me where I'm like, well, this looks like the start of an attack, but no, it's the start of the start of the attack, and that throws yeah. me for a <laughs> it's loop. It's the start of the wind-up. Yeah. <laughs> If if any enemy that has a start and a, a start to a wind up, it it always throws me. Um, and then you know, I'm not saying they shouldn't be in there. That is a, a unique challenge for me to overcome. Yeah. yeah. And I'm and I'm I'm super glad that exists as well for the yeah for the super skilled people out there who want that challenge. You know. Yeah. Um, we dedicated a lot to something yeah. we discussed. We people were dreading us talking about Sekiro all the time. Yeah. I literally said this conversation's been done to death and here we are twenty five yeah. minutes. Yeah. Later. <laughs> I was like, I thought we'd breeze past in five yeah. minutes, but I guess it's been done to death because it is still a, an interesting discussion, even yeah. if yeah. a lot of the people trying to keep it going are themselves boring. And we might be boring people right now, but, you know... Um... As, as about this, Jim, there's, there's a game I saw it, it dropped a little bit earlier that you've been playing this week. Should we should we maybe scooch over there and talk about that thing that you've been having fun with? Right. Well, <laughs> I was having a bit of fun, but I really think Yoshi's Crafted World should have an easy mode. Jim, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jim, Jim, it does have an easy mode. Actually, it does, doesn't it? Yeah, it's that got mellow mode. Work. Yeah, there's a mellow mode. That joke don't work. Yeah. <laughs> I think it should have a hard mode, Jim. I think mellow mode should be called mellower mode because Yoshi's Crafted World is chill personified, even on the default. Uh, I will say it's chill personified until you decide you want to go for 100% of the collectibles on some of those later levels. And oh my God. <laughs> that's the thing. That's where the challenge is. I think that's a fantastic way to design difficulty, actually, in games like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was um, a, a topic, I, a video I, I put out many years ago when uh, Kirby's Epic Yarn mm. was still a thing, back on the old yeah. Wii there. Um, you can't really die in that game. Yeah. Um, you can, To get from the start of the level to the end of the level, 
That's a done deal. Yeah. How many points you have and how many collectibles you have by the end of that level, that's a different story. Uh, and that's where the challenge comes in. And I think, again, this speaks to the reductive mind of some get-gooders out there who think difficulty is death. Yeah. That's difficulty. It's combat. I, s <laughs> I was being emphatic, and I've gone and punched the cord out of my headphones. Oh, no. Oh, no. no. Tell us when you've returned, <laughs> Jim. We'll miss you. Oh, ah, you you're back. I punched the recording in audible. <laughs> right. So, where was I? Yeah, yeah, so the... Ch and Nintendo have been doing this a lot. It's in the Kirby games, it's in uh, a lot of the Mario games, the new Super Mario Brothers games, which are a bit more challenging than Kirby or Yoshi, but the real uh, tricky part is getting yeah. the, the big coins and stuff. Uh, and that's Yoshi. It's, yeah. It is a fun approach to difficulty, where you really... The onus is on you to challenge yourself. Yeah, and, and there is a certain degree of the game putting that on you, because like those collectibles that you get along the way, you do need a certain number of them to to see the final boss. Yeah, basically just enough to keep you invested in exploring. I will tell you exactly how many it was. Like I played through those levels being like, okay, I will get the collectibles that I think I can get reasonably on one or two attempts, and if I can't on a couple of attempts, I'll move on and come back later. I did that through all the levels. Uh, without playing any of the flip side ones because they're shit. And I got to the final boss and was about five collectibles short of fighting the final boss. It was very well paced to be like, I, you know, was going out of my way, deliberately challenging myself. And that was about the perfect level of what they wanted from me to, to see that game through. Yeah. And they, and, and just so that you're not stuck having to replay everything all the time, they do throw things in some previous levels yeah. to incentivize the replay. You know, someone will ask for a souvenir for you to throw an egg at and collect. you got to go back looking for the little pooches. Um, so it does incentivize that to the point where it's not like some of those uh, 3D Sonic games where it ended up forcing replaying of the same level with no difference to collect uh, an unreasonable amount of shit to progress to even worse levels. I will say, I did replay some levels for coins because those outfits are adorable. Yes. My Yoshi spent the whole game running around with a little cardboard train, like, hoisted around his waist, and the, the smokestack of the train was his hat. <laughs> it's the cutest thing in the world. Those are great. The, the Yoshi costumes are, uh, they are darling. I love the fact they're boxes that Yoshi has to hold and hike up. He was a carton of orange juice for a while. It was great. <laughs> this game's adorable. Yeah, that's fun as well. They, uh, You can unlock costumes by collecting coins in the level and then feeding them into a gashapon machine, basically. But they're not exorbitantly yeah. expensive. You can actually empty out a gashapon machine um, without too much effort. It's it's randomised. It's, it's a loot box kind of thing. But there's no money changing no. hands, and that's nice. It's costumes you get by just playing the game, and they're random, which makes it exciting. It, it you know it triggers all those endorphins and all of that shit from gambling. It's it's randomized, but there's only like twelve in a machine, so you buy twelve, and it's like okay, I like you know. Go play all the levels in that world and you will probably have enough coins to get all the costumes in that world. All of the delight of, you know, opening sticker packs or treasure chests and getting fun rewards, all of that excitement with really none of the sinisterness. As, as someone who doesn't let myself touch loot boxes, even free ones, I was fine with this. Yeah, I'm, I'm good with random rewards yeah. in any game if all of them 
are in the game as random rewards and you don't you're not you know manipulated yeah. into trying to speed up the process or eliminate grind by spending more money on a game you already bought that game is so so adorable though like some some of my concerns I had before going in were basically just, hey, this this everything's made of craft materials aesthetic is great, but like, will there be enough variety to keep that interesting the whole way through? Totally. I toward the end of that game was still like, oh yeah, I guess you could do that with those materials. It it looked great. The vast majority of its like here and there ideas it throws in are very fun to play. I um. I was talking with Jim about this before we started. I love the level where you're on a little plane that's hanging on string and you've got to, like, walk to the back of it so the nose will go up to make it fly upwards or vice versa. I don't like riding Poochie. Yeah, we were talking about that, yeah. You don't, like, lock onto him? like. I tuned in at the wrong time there. And I... <laughs> yeah. If, <laughs> if you stand on Poochie's back and you want him to, like, change direction, you have to, like, walk physically steps on his back, like, risking falling off. It doesn't feel quite right. There's a little bit of magnetism keeping you in place, but it's not enough to feel correct. It just feels a little, just a little weird. Just a little bit off. You're just slightly disconnected from control in a way that feels unsettling. It's like you're playing with a little bit of lag. That's it. Yeah, that's just this. Yeah, lag is a good way to describe it. Because Poochie is luxuriously animated. So if you turn around, Poochie often has to slow down yeah. and turn and go. And it, yeah, you're right. It, it it feels like latency. It's the same thing I dislike about latency while being its own specific issue. But that comes up in like one or two levels. It's not... Oh yeah, it's not... It, a... it was a thing I could totally ignore and like still have a great time with this game. But... Yeah. And the dog's cute. And most of the time, if you're riding Poochie, you're going in one straight yeah. line and, and he's doing all the work. So... So it's not a major thing. The game is not mind-blowing. It's not something I'm probably going to be speaking about even next week, but it's fun. But it didn't have to be, though. It's it's another just really good, nice Nintendo platformer that yeah. I, I probably put me eight hours in and went, yeah, that was eight really pleasant hours. I just recorded a gym impressions for it, which will probably go up before this podcast goes out, but in there I said it's the, uh, it's the ultimate companion game to Sekiro. Yeah. In that you can play Sekiro and exhaust yourself and stress out and have a tough time, um, which can be fun, of course. Uh, but then if you need to simmer down, but you still want to play games, yeah. that will calm you the fuck down. Uh, I will say, uh, I, th I can't remember if I said this last week or not, the co-op is frankly abysmal. Don't bother playing the co-op in this. Like, I had a great time with this game. Um... The levels are not designed to give you enough space to avoid accidentally interacting with your uh, your your other yeah, character. Yeah, it doesn't look. Yeah, there's not enough. They don't like increase the number of the number of egg ammo things you can collect as a pair, which means that you're both constantly a bit low on resources. Uh... Can you do a Resident Evil and go give me an egg? I wish it could. You can fuck over and steal your friend's eggs, which makes the problem even worse. By because there's no room to get away from each other, it's really easy to accidentally swallow each other. And if you do, your friend's eggs are just gone. I've been in that position. Your friend's eggs just go if you swallow them. I accidentally swallowed a friend of mine and I didn't get any eggs. <laughs> yeah, did you, did you get something else? Come! Yoshi's Crafted World is great. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it is. Enjoy that, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah.
Uh, even though any of us played anything else this week? Uh, I've, when I've not been crafting a world on the Switch, I've been trying to save one from the evil Shinra Incorporated. Been replaying Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah. That game never... Or I, I say I say never doesn't surprise me, but I think this time playing it, probably because my my political beliefs and things have, have evolved mm. uh, a lot more since I last <laughs> yeah. played it. Um, and you can see it in the Jimquisition where I've I've gone from just bagging on AAA publishers to really... And I don't think you could do the job I do for as long as I've done it without eventually really loathing a lot of what capitalism is. Oh, capitalism, like, is full of things that are terrible and that we should tear down at once, burn down the, the establishment. Yeah. Yeah. And and going back to Final Fantasy VII, I've been startled by how upfront that game's anti-corporate oh. message is. It's not just evil corporation yeah. bad. It dives into what a world run by unchecked corporatism is. Epic store exclusives everywhere. <laughs> Honestly, had that game, like, it, it feels like it released in such a weird time for a game like that, because a couple of decades prior, you've got the hippie movement. It, it would make sense for a piece of media like this to happen. Today, we seem to have circled back round, like the planet is dying. We've realised we really need to get on top of this. The, the 90s did not seem like a time where this, like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, your protagonists are a bunch of eco-terrorists. Yeah. Is sort of how they're presented. I'm like, oh, that's, okay, yeah, okay. That itself is interesting. Yeah. Because it, again, playing through it now um, with my my beliefs having become more concrete and formulated, um, I'm I'm seeing that it does throw up the question of, are they environmental protectors or are they just fucking terrorists? The the first act you do in the game leads to hundreds of deaths. And there's a point where when when your side is is facing um, uh, basically the, the bite back from Shinra, uh, one of the members of Avalanche, the, the eco group, uh, basically says... I think we deserve this. This is this is a reckoning. This is our punishment. Yeah, it it felt really like recently. I've I've been doing a D and D campaign. It's uh, the the dice font one I do with Conrad, and a bunch of shit in that has felt really weirdly familiar. Replaying Final Fantasy VII at the same time, in that it's very odd being like, oh oh yeah, it. Mm. There is a lot of questions about just what is okay to do in order to try and save a world that is fucked. Yeah. And the game ain't the game ain't brilliant at addressing that. I mean Barrett just shrugs that question off. He doesn't rethink. But but they ask the question. Yeah. And and like you say, for for a, a game, for a video game in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. To come out and, and talk about corporatism and genocide and terrorism and put you in in the group with the terrorists and asks are you know, asks you to figure out are they better or not? The very fact that, like, if you'd asked me, like, five years or so ago to describe Final Fantasy VII, I wouldn't have hesitated at using the term eco-terrorists to describe our group that our protagonists are in. And then you look at it now, I'm like, oh, but, but actually, no, there was a lot more... There's a lot more conversation posed there than I probably gave it credit for for a long time. Yeah, probably a lot more conversation that Final Fantasy VII itself wants to delve into, yeah. but it does it does ignite though. It puts those questions in your head. 
Um, and and but still, you know, still comes out largely on their side because they're the protagonists. And of course, Shinra is just—it's got no fucking regard for human life. They end up clearly worse. I do wonder now if there will be any attempt to address any of those points in a different way considering the fact that that game is allegedly getting a big old remake. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I worry about the remake in the... They probably are going to shred a lot of the nuance and take out a lot of the subplots that build that world because the game is, of course, going to be ridiculously gorgeous and take up a ton of resources. And they're probably going to shred loads of it, Uh, which is a shame. There are some games I feel don't need to be remade. And Final Fantasy VII... I think the time it came out, the platform it came out on, the limitations and therefore the resources put into other things like writing and and world building and that. I just think there was a perfect storm that made that game what it was. Um, Just like how I never really cared for the remake of Metal Gear Solid. Uh, I liked the original because there was something dirtier and grittier about that. Snake wasn't, you know, springboarding off of missiles. He was a soldier doing his job. And, and I found that more interesting than the wackier stuff that, that would go on to happen. Yeah. I also found that with uh, Silent Hill 2 and with Bully. The original kind of grimier versions looked nicer to me, despite being lower resolution. Yes. I would take games like that with some updates, with some tweak some controls here or there, polish it up visually. I don't need a from-the-ground-up remake because, yeah, I think a game like Bully and a game like Silent Hill 2 as as well, as you quite rightly point out, were just as much products of their time as they were just products. I remember playing Bully on the PS2 and thinking this is a beautiful-looking game. It's great. I mean, it had that kind of rock star... It was never the it never had the highest textures or anything like that. But this stylistically, it was a great looking game. And then I remember playing the high def version on the Xbox 360. And even though technically it looked better, it just didn't have the same kind of vibe and atmosphere. That kind of yeah. cr- crunchy. I don't know how to describe it really. It it lost something in the HD update. Yeah, I think that happens with some games. Yeah, there's a certain charm. But uh, to bring up H-Bomb again, there's a, a video he did about the VHS oh, yeah. um, format and the scan line and, and, and how the low quality of that could actually help certain films that became popular in the home video market um, because you couldn't see everything with crystal clear clarity, which ruins certain horror games, uh, films rather. Didn't you do a Jimquisition episode about that before? Oh, a long time ago. Yeah, a long, long time ago about how ugliness can actually make things more horrific and can benefit horror games. Silent Hill being a a great example of that. Yeah, some of the vagueness of the monsters um, helps make them more horrifying. The first two Fallout games actually were another example of that because some of the horrific mutated creatures in that, they were quite low-res pixel kind of, and you're you're kind of looking at it trying to figure out what that limb is over there. And it, it works the same way as the VHS thing, where your brain will fill in the blanks. Yeah, there's something kind of eldritch about it all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, to, to go back to Final Fantasy VII, I would recommend, um, certainly if anyone's had the same thought process, I know some of my audience have kind of grown up along the same track I have, um, uh, possibly in part due to my videos changing and, and, how, and sort of 
helping them think about things in a different way. And, you know, some people have, have relayed that to me. And if such people had played Final Fantasy VII years ago, go back and give it a try now, like on the Switch or PS4, PC, wherever, um, because the politics of that game, which again is a nice reminder that politics is everywhere and politics is in many, many games and it doesn't just mean, oh, there is a gay person in it. You look at Final Fantasy VII and it wears its politics on its sleeve to a point where, like many games released back then, it would probably be written off as SJW rubbish by a lot of people now. Yeah. A lot of people that probably still claim to love those games and just compartmentalise everything they're seeing. You play it now, you can't deny the message of of what it means to have a corporatocracy, plutocracy, uh, what it means to fight for freedom versus be a terrorist. Yeah, but Jim, Jim, that one's that one's not about politics because it's not set on earth, so it's not it's not earth politics. So it's not real politics, so it's not politics. Do you remember how cool Sephiroth looked? He's got to be set on earth in the, in the real for it to be politics. Remember how cool Sephiroth looked when he walked into the fire that one yeah. time? That's what the game's yeah. about. It's about Sephiroth looking cool walking into a fire. Um, and I'm not to say that stuff isn't good, but I'm just saying it has, it's very upfront about um, a lot of political themes. It's also v- possible to um, ask questions about uh, unrefined capitalism without being someone who wants to live in a communist dystopia seems to be the discourse these days <laughs> you know oh i've i've been called um i've basically been mccarthy a lot um especially lately when i've because i've been building a groundwork on the jimquisition to sort of look at game companies and then pull back and look at systems and, and of course once the word capitalism was seen in a title of a video that i did <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there we are um, but yeah 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 final fantasy 7 replaying it i was just going to replay it for the nostalgia but i'm now replaying it in part still because of nostalgia but with this added sense of I really appreciate now. Like, it was always obvious. It was always there. I always acknowledged on some level what the things this game was saying. But now, uh, now that I'm much older, fucking, what am I, like 20 years older now than I might have been when I first played it, I can see and appreciate so much more of what that game was saying. The whole first act is so intensely about corporatism, class struggle, the difference between the haves and the have Like, it's so blatant as well. All the rich people live on a giant fucking plate above slums where people use bits of discarded factories as roofs for their shacks. Yeah. I, I think there's definitely room for, like, modern retrospective lookbacks at that game of people going, oh, hey, hey, we, we look at games differently now because, you know growth of the medium yeah there's interesting stuff here that we don't talk about bits of it have dated really badly but uh oh 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 god yeah but (laughs) there are themes in there more pertinent now than even they were in 97 uh so couple of other things we had this week some of these will be quick things we can do a a skim through gav you know how we both thought that starfield was going to be at e3 because all the bethesda characters were in a field looking at the stars Todd Af- Todd Howard said it wouldn't be after um talking about the wonderful uh 
millions of players that play Fallout 76. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he, he might be lying. Multiple times video game people have just straight up lied about what's going to be at E3. It's a business of lies. They 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 cloth it up as as hype and not wanting to spoil a press conference as if you can have spoilers for a press conference. But they lie. Do you remember when uh, what what's his face Michel Ancel was like, oh yeah, Beyond Good and Evil Two. Not he just volunteered that it wasn't going to be at E three and then it was. Yeah, yeah, I did a whole Jimquisition on him and on Molyneux yeah. and on Hideo Kojima even, who has for the sake of marketing. Just straight up yeah. told lies, not jokes, not hints, not obfuscations. Straight up lying. I don't even care if he's lying. As if we if we do see Starfield and he said we wouldn't, I'll still just be happy we're seeing yeah. Starfield. And and that's why the game industry thinks lying in all cases is okay because they don't know where the line is anymore. <laughs> I am the bad guy. <laughs> because we let some lies no, no, slide, I... and now they think all lies are fine. Here's, here's the thing: I totally get you, and like. I was, to a certain degree, the same when Beyond Good and Evil 2 showed up. I was like, oh, you did lie about it, but sure, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad to see it before I realised what it was. Um, But, yeah, my, my gut says we probably don't see it. He's probably telling the truth because they showed some, like, bits of facial animation and stuff during this big, long live stream, and it's like... Oh yeah, the this is this is your next gen thing. Like you, th- this is th- yeah. That was the Elder Scrolls though. It was Elder Scrolls Granny. Uh yes, but they they were like, uh, what was it? They showed the Elder Scrolls Granny, and then were like, Starfield is gonna be before before the Elder before the Elder Scrolls, but it's using the same. We're doing this is the tech stuff we're doing for, and I'm like, oh yeah, okay, both of these are next gen games then. It looked a lot uh, better than their previous tech. I have to yes, say. Yes, it. It definitely seems like this is not going to be a last hurrah for these consoles, I wouldn't expect. Um, We also uh, had a fun bit of story where um, Jason Schreier at Kotaku did a big lengthy feature that I think is well worth a read about the mess that was the development of Anthem. Yep. Very, very valuable article. Yeah. The short version... Lots and lots of crunch and shitty behaviour to developers. That game was in development for like six and a half years and like nine months before release it still wasn't in any kind of playable form. It was just a bit of a weird shambles. The one consistent thing running running through that article was the story of some a, a company that wanted to make a certain type of game had no experience mm. of making that type of game or even any knowledge of how to get from where they were to where that game idea is. On an engine that actively worked against them for that style of game. Yeah. yeah. And they did not at one point consider not trying to just force the game to be what they want it to be instead of letting the game be what it was. It has to be this online-focused thing. Can we do that? Not right now. Do we know how we want to try and get to that? No, not right now. Which we want to maybe decide now. Mm, yeah. No. So have you seen have you seen the Bioware response yet to that article? Yeah, fuck them. Fuck them for that. Uh, it went up within like thirty seconds of the article, so clearly like they hadn't read the article but were aware that Shreya was investigating them. And they knew it was coming. Yeah. yeah. So their response. I'm just gonna read like a little paragraph from near the end that really fucking pissed me off. Um. As a studio and a team, we accept all criticism that come our way for the games we make, especially from our players. The creative process is often difficult, the struggles and challenges of making games are very real, but the reward of putting something we created into the hands of our players is amazing. 
People in this industry put so much passion and energy into making something fun. We don't see the value in tearing down one another or one another's work. We don't believe articles that do that are making our craft better. Fuck them. Fuck them. Dismissive pricks. Mm. It's it's like, mm, look at you, Kotaku, with your article saying that we have bad business practices and probably should have done things better that would have improved the lives of our workers and the end result of our game. That doesn't make our games better. It's it's needlessly tearing down each other. That that's not no, we we accept all criticism, but not that one, Kotaku. I mean, they may as well have just posted get good scrub. Yeah. That's that's the level of res- they took a lot of fucking words. To say get good scrub in that they did. response. They did. Fuck them. It's so dismissive. And and to say that that article has no value when it's possibly the most valuable thing to have come out of Anthem. Oh, God. It is the most. A, sh- a spotlight on mismanagement and overwork and, and the fast that is calling crunch Bioware magic to try and dress up, to try and propagandize the fact that workers are being basically driven to death, to stress, to nervous breakdowns. And apparently shining a light on that is is not valuable. No, it's the only valuable thing. This is the truest piece of like actual investigative journalism that has happened about this game. And they're like, ew, we don't think you should tear each other down. That's not good for video games. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Fuck off. Yeah, and this isn't, this isn't me going to bat for games journalists. I get accused of that a lot. Right, the last time Jason and I talked to each other, I, I'm fairly certain we spent we took turns shitting on each other. But he does fucking good reporting. I, that's just a fact. He's been right more times than he's wrong. That article was well researched, very carefully written, mm. did not tear anything down. Certainly, it it relayed a story, and it's a story I think it would behoove much of us, especially. Especially people in Bioware to read. Yeah. I just think Jason doesn't care how many people he steps on, just as long as he can make a name as an investigative mm. journalist. Oh gosh. I can never hear that that phrase and not yeah. think of Zoolander. <laughs> uh, so, um, if you're still enjoying Devil May Cry Five, the Bloody Palace content for that is finally live, so you can go play through a bunch of combat arenas. Uh, some some person on on DeviantArt accused Epic of having stolen their original character for their like bit of art and making it into a Fortnite skin without asking them. Wow. Turns out that was a big old hoax. Um, turns out DeviantArt will let you change which file you have uploaded in like a, for an for an uploaded image, but not change the date it was uploaded that's listed. That did happen to me before though with a piece of music. Yeah, I made a piece for a game. They rejected me, got a different composer in, and lo and behold, my fucking creation turns up in the game with no credit and no money. Indeed, I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, and, like, yeah, that is a shit thing that it happened to you. And unfortunately, they changed it just enough that I couldn't do anything about it legally. Yeah, that is shit. I I got got by that that bit of trickery, though. What, the Fortnite one? Yeah, yeah, because that was... It was one of them stories. There are certain stories that come up where I'm like... Fuck. If if I am going to get 50 emails about this and it's going to stress me out. It's Sunday night. I've got a gymquisition going up yeah. in the morning. It's now or Tuesday. I chose then yeah. and not Tuesday. I should have sat on it until Tuesday. I posted up a video. I did my best to 
present both sides and the possibility this was fake, but I also did make fun of Epic a bit too much, so I took it down, but left me feeling a little bit foolish. I will, uh, an April foolish, even though it was March 31st. <laughs> the reason I, I think it's it's worth bringing up is just because um, I don't blame anyone who assumed that, they, that, that Epic had stolen this because the evidence did appear to be there, and without knowing very, very specific things about how DeviantArt works, it, it's not a thing that anyone would know. Um, like, it took the DeviantArt community, like, days to work out how it had been faked. But, uh, accusations always spread, spread faster than retractions, which feels important to, you know, highlight retractions. But also, even if something looks like there is crystal-cut digital evidence, be really careful online. Like, it's getting easier and easier to fake evidence of things. Yeah. Um, and it's getting quicker and quicker that the outrage spreads about it without anyone checking the... Yeah. Exactly. Normally, I don't try and get ahead of the curve. I normally wait. Um, like, I've often said my channel isn't a news channel where people are like, oh, this happened two days ago. But in that case, I thought I was going to save myself stress. It, it seemed so clear-cut. It looked like there was a backdated piece of evidence that made it clear that theft had occurred. It was an interesting case. And I know it's, it's also thrown up discussion about are people quick to believe things because they're angry at Epic? Um, certainly that wasn't my motivation. My motivation was pure s s well, mental self-preservation um, because I'm not on I'm not on board the epic hate train as much as some people are. People are angry at Epic again today. Oh, what they do today? Which Borderlands Three is their latest uh, exclusive. Oh, it's yeah, it's going to be a six-month exclusive for the Epic Store. They've won, by the way. Epic. Yeah, you, people are being super mad now, but they've got the Outer Worlds and Borderlands Three now. Yeah. There are very few people who want to boycott the Epic Store who probably won't end up succumbing to temptation. No, they've, they've done it. They, they got the games they needed. Video game boycotts don't really work historically. Yeah, but I hope they do improve the store because it's a bit piss, right? It's a bit piss right now. Oh, they need to. Epic's won the battle of getting, and or rather will win the battle of, getting a fuck ton of us to download and install the Epic launcher. The trick is... The second war of keeping us. Yeah. I was looking at these features they're putting in and I was just like, how does an entire team of tech people take that long to make something as simple as that? Right. Yeah. How, how is it nine months before we're going to get a shopping cart on a web store? The yeah. Gymporium, available at thegymporium.com, <laughs> has a shopping cart. You can buy some wonderful Gymquisition shirts. And you are not funded by the profits from a multi-billion dollar game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not... We're not we don't have Fortnite and we don't have a, a you know, 10 cent invested yeah. huge amounts into us. Uh, and yet we've got a shopping cart yeah. and you can get your pog of the month. You can get a t-shirt. You can get a hat at the gymporium.com. Uh, other things we had very quickly. Um, I, I played the division too. Oh, how, how's division two doing for you? Um, it's all right. It's pretty enjoyable. I only played about six or seven hours and, it's more fun than the first one. It's like, it's very easy to kind of stick to yourself and then team up when you need to. And beautifully, you don't have to talk to the other players at all. And it's still very easy to find a couple of people to do a mission with you and just quietly go through it together. And I've been finding it kind of zen. I like that, yeah. you know, and then you can just go wander by yourself as well. And yeah, I like it. It's good. I'm very happy to hear you having a good time. Yeah, and, and leveling and loot-wise, it doesn't really have... Because it's a Tom Clancy, it doesn't have very interesting loot. 
but it's still consistently rewarding in a way that other recent similar games just haven't been, you know. Mm. So yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good game. Nice. Um I played the new Power Rangers Battle for the Grid fighting game. It's shit. Uh, yeah, it, it started as a mobile game, and they've like granted they've done a good job of transferring it to console and making it something that feels like a competent uh, fighting game. The problem is, a visually you can tell this was a fucking mobile game. Like some of those backgrounds are unforgivably bad, and b there's only nine characters total in the game, which for a game that expects two players to each pick three characters per fight means you're using two-thirds of the entire playable roster in a single fight. That is un unacceptable. It's a Power Ranger. Give them a different colour and say it's a different Ranger. You've That's 90% of the work you needed to do. You didn't even need to make them like play differently. Just, just give, me the gr give me the green one and the blue one and the, and the yellow one. Give me all the colours. Yeah. So yeah, that was a bit shit. Did either of you play the... Um... The Elder Scrolls mobile game. Oh, is that out? Uh, Blades? Uh, it's out on Android in beta, I think. All oh, right. Uh, I don't know how it is yet. I have not had a chance to look at it. Um, is it not out? I, I, it's out in some form or another. Some people have been playing it. Elder Scrolls Blades. Uh, fuck. Is it like fully out? Yeah, on on I iOS. Yeah. Um. Oh, okay. Fair. L last I heard was just Android. It's sort of available. I haven't paid much attention since then. Three, three out of five stars, which in terms of user reviews is quite mixed indeed. Yeah. Oh, um, well, we've got that downloaded now. It's almost finished. Nice. Um, I got back into playing that Starlink, the Ubisoft uh, Toys to Life spaceship game, because um, basically my fiance bought me a couple of the ships that would allow me to properly 100% that game in the way that the base game did not let me because surprise surprise that game didn't sell well and the price of its plastic toys has dramatically tanked to the point that my fiance was like yeah it's fine i'll get you the plastic toys um oh look at that right it's out in early access oh okay uh, okay i'm looking at it now I can, I can i can hear the music coming out of it <laughs> that's just taking forever to load let, let me know how it is because i'll be honest i don't really have any interest in playing that <laughs> yeah. yeah i'll try I'll, I'll try and make some time to give it a go in the week before we next convene if it's surprisingly good i'll give it a go but uh and my last couple of quick bullet points were um the the big gaming subreddit reddit r slash games they closed on April Fool's Day, not to do an April Fool's joke, but to do a very serious post about really shitty behaviour in the games industry. Good on them. Well done. Yeah, that was wonderful. That was very good. I, I think the po the post was about shitty behaviour on their sub, as opposed to the industry. It was it was a bit of both. It was their sub, but talking yeah, also about the fact that like online in games discussion, this is a problem. Symbolised by the fact that it's happening so much in our subreddit. Yeah, they took a big stand against toxicity and hatred and bigotry and, and it was... Yeah. It warmed my heart to see it. I mean, I've had a kind of love-hate relationship with the Reddit games community before. Sometimes they really like what I'm doing. Yeah. Then I'll stop making fun of VA and then they'll hate me. Um, but I've always... It's always been one of one of the better places you can go to for games discussion and I'm, I'm i was just thrilled reading that that post it it was a step that like reading that i went oh good if i ever comment on that and someone's shitty i can at least know that the mods at least in theory have my back 
And that's a reassuring thing, yeah. Yeah, and in general, they are they are good. I've posted one or two times on Reddit games before, and um, if if there was any real hatred, they nipped it in the bud. Uh, and also, it's worth mentioning that there's two of them. There's, and I always felt like the names should have been reversed because there's games, yes, which is the discussion forum, and then there's gaming, which is kind of more the memes and jokes that tend to. It always throws me for a loop. Those names, yeah. they are the wrong way around. I always felt like gaming should be the one that's about the discussion, whereas games should be the one with all the memes. Uh, we got through a lot today. That was we unpacked a fair bit and and probably put a few things in boxes. Yeah. I don't know what that means, um, but that was a that was a great little yeah. podcast. I think that's the longest one we've done in a long time. Yeah, in a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we did a good one there. I've pulled my trousers down to my knees. I don't know why I've done that. Ah. <laughs> uh. I'm going to pull these back up and ask you, Laura, how can people find out more stuff that you do on the internet, please? See, I could answer that, but right now, my brain's just like, maybe there's something secretly great about just pulling your trousers down to your ankles that I, I don't know about. Maybe I should do it too right now. There's a freedom to it. <laughs> freedom <laughs> well, Maybe Maybe after I've done all my fucking shilling myself first. Um, Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, those kind of places. Uh, I got some books, Uncomfortable Labels, that comes out on July 18th, which is like three months away, and that's really weirdly close now, I've suddenly realised. Um, and things I learned from Mario's butt, you can put money down for them, they're pro both probably going to be out during the summer, would be my expectation. One of them's July, one's probably not far after. That's probably it. I'm on D Dice Funk, that too. Delightful. Gav, Gav, you... Miracle of Sound on YouTube, on Spotify, on iTunes, all those places you can find my songs. And you can follow me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. And you can support the aforementioned Patreon as well at Miracle of Sound if you want to keep me making songs as a job and doing this every Wednesday or Thursday for you. Because that is one of the things that um, money allows me to do is to do this podcast, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Capitalism. Woohoo! <laughs> uh, uh, someone told me that I'm not allowed to criticize capitalism because I directly benefit from it. Despite the fact that most of my money actually comes from patronage, which is quite different. Um, it's a very different system. And also, like, Jim, are you aware you live in a society? <laughs> we do live in a society. I directly benefit from my music. Am I not allowed to criticize it? Well, there we go, you see. Um, no matter what we benefit from it, Unless we're billionaires, we're all victims of capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, and it's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, my point of view is like it's okay to want something to be better, even if you benefit from it and other people do. And if someone else isn't, you can say, "Oh, wouldn't this be better if it worked to someone else's advantage as well?" That's it. But you know, you know this. You know. What do we know? We're a, we're 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 a trio of fuckheads. I don't talk about stuff on the internet anymore really <laughs> because what's the point yeah <sighs> you know <laughs> someone's always no matter what you say someone's gonna get really mad with you it's it's fine we'll finish this and i'll go beat up some people in roller derby and it'll all be fine yeah there we go um as for me you all know my, where my stuff is i would say um if any of you are interested in the wrestling stuff i'm doing keep an extra eye out on, on pro wrestling ego and the stuff i'm doing and they're they Resterling hashtag I use, uh, which you can mute if you don't care about the wrestling. Um, you know, 
W-R-E-S-T-E-R-L-I-N-G. I think I said that right. Re Sterling. Support Manto, innit? Um, keep an eye on it because we're in we're in the end game of of what we've been doing, of, of what Stirred Us First did over a year ago. We're, we're leading up to what I think is what I was here for um, in terms of just cool storyline stuff. So I'm looking forward to, to that. And uh, that's it. That's it. Thank you again for your support. We will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.